Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. Uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Brian Rothenberg, of the uh, president of the Quad City Storms. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Oh, well, we're off to a good start. Welcome to the program, Brian. Thanks very much for having me. We've uh, just wrapped up a, a super fun season, our, our first season coming out of the uh, COVID shutdown, and um, had a had a bunch of firsts, bunch of milestones. It's, it's definitely sad to see it come to a close a little bit earlier than we hoped, but um, a ton to be proud of, both uh, on and off the ice for us. Well, we kind of uh, we, we've been following the Iowa Heartlanders all year long, and we saw uh, one of your players had been on our show. Cole Golka uh, was on the team, and uh, I saw a lot of Iowa Heartlander players came over or fans had. Uh, after their season was over, went to your playoff game at home and uh, looked like they had a really good season and that the, the the team did well and even did well in the playoffs. Could you could you surmise a little just a little bit about the season? Oh, absolutely. I mean, on the ice, it, it was our best season ever. Um, the storm started up in the 2018-2019 season and um, playing in the SBHL, it, it's very tough. Uh, the first year, you're you're kind of left to pick through um, some guys that other teams haven't protected. And our, our head coach, Dave Chinichny, that year, who is still our coach uh, this season, um, really did a phenomenal job um, that year of putting a team on the ice that really battled hard, didn't win a ton of games, but um, really left it out there every time they got on the ice. And the next season, that team got better. Um, of course, we were then shut down during that season and uh, eventually missed the 2020-2021 season because of the uh, COVID restrictions. But um, he really stayed busy, uh, our head coach, recruiting and uh, developing his team during that uh, year with no season. And it, it really came to fruition this year. Um, just a ton of great guys returning mixed in with some new faces. Uh, both some young guys who graduated from college and uh, were playing professional hockey for the first time, and also some veterans from around the league that uh, were excited to come to the Quad Cities. It's a, a terrific market for hockey, and he really put together the perfect recipe, especially coming down the stretch. Uh, you mentioned the Iowa Heartlanders. We had a, a good handful of guys who got some playing time there. Uh, Cole Golka, who you mentioned, Michael Moran, Carter Shankarik. Um, we, we actually got a player, I believe, directly from or perhaps who went back and forth. I'm not remembering uh, perfectly clearly right now, but Derek Louis-Jean, uh, an outstanding defenseman. Uh, I think the Heartlanders location is really something that made uh, our team more appealing for a lot of guys, knowing that they would have an opportunity to potentially uh, play some minutes in the ECHL with the team just about an hour away. So, um, all those guys, for the most part, were able to come back and be on our roster down the home stretch and made a great push to be the number five seed getting into the playoffs and uh, beat the Fayetteville Marksman after a tough loss at home. Team went on a 21-hour bus trip and beat them twice in their arena in Fayetteville. And uh, then we got paired up in the semifinals with our arch rivals, the Peoria Rivermen, and we got the better of them on our home ice in game one. They beat us... Uh, equally as handily as we beat them in game two and then we lost the heartbreaker uh, just on Saturday night it was a 3-2 final score Peoria beat us and 
they advanced to the finals. Definitely a, a tough pill to swallow, but a pretty incredible year of growth again after um, a couple seasons off. Uh, just a lot to be happy about, especially uh, with that product on the ice. Well, with the, with having a couple of years off and then restarting it, you were quite a bit in the same boat as the Iowa Heartlanders, although they were starting completely from scratch where never even had a professional team uh, there before. But uh, how, how did the audience respond? How, how did people, you know, because uh, it started slow for the Iowa Heartlanders, but, you know, they were getting like 35, 3,600 people, you know, at towards the end uh, and it built really strong. How, how was the attendance this year for you? You know, attendance was down a little bit from past seasons, but it was much better than we expected it to be. And a huge reason for that is that we saw virtually no drop-off from our biggest fans, our season ticket members. Um, a lot of these folks, they're coming to all 28 home games we have and traveling to some on the road as well. Um, that support did not waver. And it's hard to really express how appreciative we are of that. That, that core to build on uh, is really what allowed us to succeed through the pandemic. You know, as, as a young organization, um, it takes time to get things started if circumstances are perfect. You know, there are growing pains. There are a lot of uh, sunk costs up front that have to get taken care of. You throw a pandemic into that and it makes things very interesting. But the support of our season ticket members was huge. And we saw something similar. I, I mean, as the season went on, attendance continued to grow and grow. Uh, we sold out our final game of the season, which was, uh, which was awesome to see. And I think a lot of the consumer confidence is back now as far as it pertains to attending live events uh, with huge audiences gathering. And I hope that uh, that confidence continues for the next six months or so. And with all the success we had this season, we're able to really build and carry that momentum into the beginning of next season, which I think uh, has the potential to be equally as special. Well, talk to me about uh... – Somebody that's coming to see the Quad City Storm for the first time. Uh, what are, what kind of entertainment are you going to put out there besides the hockey team? You know, I'm talking about the promotions and the music and the sound because hockey just it's almost like going to a rock concert, isn't it? Oh, it definitely is, and we we take a ton of pride in that. We know that not every fan that comes into our building on a game night, in fact. Probably most fans that come into the building on a game night are, are not huge hockey fans. They like to be entertained. Um, we really knew when we started the storm being an SPHL team, which is kind of a level down from the ECHL, the league in which the Heartlanders play, and the league in which the Quad City Mallards, who were here before us, have played. Uh, they're used to doing things on a little bit of a different level than a lot of teams in our league. And we knew we had to match that to really create the same fan experience for all the fans that were going to be coming out to see us. And I think we've been able to even take it to another level. We've got um, a really, really strong uh, operation staff in place, both uh, some full-time people and our game night staff that really take a ton of pride in creating a, a really fun atmosphere for uh, kids, families, anybody. Um, anytime you come to a storm game, there are going to be multiple things besides just hopefully all the goals that the storm are scoring that are going to put a smile on your face and, and really make you want to come back to see another game. Uh, we always have music going. We've got a terrific PA announcer. 
Um, we have bubble soccer, musical chairs going on on the ice. We have a ton of great promotional games built into our promotional schedule. Uh, we, we did an anniversary game this past season that brought back a ton of former Mallard players that fans got to interact with. We always throw a huge party for our mascot's birthday, which has 10 to 20 other mascots from the area coming and um, hanging out on the concourse, taking pictures with all the kids in attendance. It's just a, a ton of fun. And uh, we really do take a lot of pride in that. Like I said, we know that it's not just a bunch of hockey purists. So we do have plenty of those coming in to be entertained by the game. We have to put a, a good show on to get people coming back. Yeah, the the better, the more quality of the product. Now, let's talk a little bit about that relationship maybe between the, the Minnesota Wild and kind of secondarily maybe the St. Louis Blues, uh, you know, that ha- might have teams in there. But but uh, Minnesota's kind of made this investment in Iowa. With, they've had the, the Des Moines team. But now if somebody goes down at the Minnesota Wild, they can make a phone call to Des Moines and get somebody. Des Moines can make a phone call to Coralville and get somebody. And Coralville can make a phone call to you and get somebody. And everybody can get there within a couple hours, can't they? Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, the SCHL is, is technically not affiliated like the ECHL and the AHL are with, uh, you know, the Minnesota Wild or NHL teams for that matter. But we do sometimes kind of feel like we are that single-A affiliate because you're exactly right. You know, a player getting injured or a, play, a player getting traded uh, for the Minnesota Wilds can directly impact our roster. Uh, that, that chain, like you said, is just very convenient. I, I think it's uh, really a, a strong strategic and really just a strong common sense move by the Minnesota Wilds to have their American League and ECHL teams so close. You know, there's a lot to that uh, for scouting and travel costs and everything that's a part of that. But, you know, you see some other teams in the league. I'm a huge Tampa Bay Lightning fan, and their AHL affiliate is the Syracuse Crunch. Well, that's not the same trip that the players for the Wild have to make back and forth. So I think it does a lot, not just on the business side, but it also is kind of cool for the hockey community. You know, hardcore Minnesota Wild fans that live in Minnesota uh, can make uh, a few-hour trip down to Des Moines or to Iowa City or to the Quad Cities, for that matter, to see uh, players that are a part of their system. Uh, and Des Moines especially, players that could be getting that call-up in the next couple of years, you just you just never know. So uh, I think the Minnesota Wild have done a really nice job of embracing their local surroundings and um, trying to kind of catch out their area, if you will, um, to, to lay that hockey map. And they, they, they took advantage of a, of a brand-new first-class facility that probably was really what, what sealed the deal. But did – it does seem to be making – it, you think it's making hockey better for, you know, say the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders and Waterloo and, and the Quad Cities all together? Is, is the hockey thing expanding and, and is the fan base growing? Oh, I think it definitely is. I, I think this is really kind of an underrated hockey hotbed region here in, in Iowa and Illinois and kind of, you know, in the Midwest, people um, who aren't as plugged in really don't realize, you know, how many USHL teams there are in this area and how many of those players on those USHL rosters are going to be playing Division One college hockey or going to be playing for the Iowa Heartlanders or the Iowa Wild or eventually the Minnesota Wild. And I think over time that's starting to be seen more uh, at the youth hockey level. It's, it's becoming kind of an easy vision to say, hey, if I – 
play and succeed, I can go here, here, and then here. You know, hockey is it's a little bit of a unique track that players get on as far as the development stage. You know, from playing youth hockey through Bantams and Midgets and so on and so forth, and then going to juniors more often instead of going directly to college like you see with most sports. And the more teams around uh, you there are, that, that becomes, like, uh, like I mentioned, a more realistic transition to anticipate. You start meeting the right people. You start knowing what you need to do to put yourself in those positions to succeed. And that just kind of grows the hockey community organically. Yeah, it's been it's a good time of year for your sport, I think, for Iowa. You know, it's kind of after the football season and before the baseball season and, and uh, you know, and uh, the basketball season kind of wraps up before you guys do. And it's so cold out. There's nothing else you can do, you know, but come in there and enjoy a, a great time. Uh, tell me about uh, where you play and maybe some of the history of the place. Sure thing. So we play our home games at the Tax Player Center uh, in Moline, Illinois, right across the river from Iowa. And there is an incredibly rich hockey history uh, in that building and in this region in general. Uh, we celebrated this year the 25th season of hockey coming to the Quad Cities. Uh, that was back in 1997. It was the Quad City Mallards uh, who came to town. And they were playing, uh, the Quad City Mallards played multiple leagues. The original franchise played in the uh, UHL, CHL, and IHL. And they had pretty unprecedented success both on and off the ice. They won three championships in their first uh, six seasons. And uh, two of those came in their first four seasons. And it really kind of infected this area with hockey fever. And they were averaging between eight and 9,000 fans a night, uh, really up until about 2001, 2002, when they won their last championship. And that really laid the groundwork for the passion that is still found by a lot of hockey fans in this area. Um, the Mallards, uh, I can't remember, I want to say it was the 05, 06, or 06, 07 season, eventually left after a couple changes in ownership, and an American Hockey League team came uh, for, I believe, two seasons, and that was the Quad City Flames, who were the American League affiliate of the Calgary Flames. Um, even though the brand of hockey uh, was, I mean, as good as you can get outside the NHL, the Flames really were not embraced uh, like the Mallards were, specifically those Mallards uh, of the first several years. That team, uh, as I mentioned, only lasted a couple seasons before the Mallards came back in a new form, playing in the ECHL, uh, same league as the Iowa Heartlanders. And uh, they did have some spurts of success, but really were never able to kind of recapture those quote-unquote glory days uh, of the early Mallards, and eventually, uh, due to lack of attendance and a few other elements, uh, they just kind of sizzled out. Um, when they did sizzle out, a group of uh, season ticket holders for the Quad City Mallards decided that they did not want to see hockey leave the area. Um, they got together and decided to purchase an SPHL franchise. Uh, that became the Quad City Storm. And after the first couple seasons, it got dwindled down to our uh, 
sole ownership group, uh, or I should say our sole owner, uh, John Dawson, his wife, Misty Dawson, and their uh, daughter, Mallory, who are the current owners of the team. Um, the 2018-2019 season was our first, as I mentioned, and um, that is kind of where we stand today. We um, you know, are trying to really carve out our own identity as an organization, as the Quad City Storm, while, while embracing the past that we know created so many of the hockey fans that still come to our games today that are still our season ticket holders today. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a unique position, but I think we've done a pretty good job, especially in the last couple of years, celebrating the 25th season, uh, bringing a lot of those players that are so revered by our fans back and letting them interact. And it's something we plan to do going forward in one capacity or another. It's, you know, making sure that we do establish our identity while not forgetting our past. And uh, it is uh, a very rich hockey history here, which makes it all the more rewarding for us, not just to be a part of it, but to keep it going and to uh, to keep creating these memories for the fans that support us. Well, you mentioned uh, four or five players that split some time with you and the Iowa Heartlanders. What other, uh, was there other teams that, that used some of your players this season? Oh, yeah, we, we've had uh, players get, um, used by a bunch of different teams. I think we had a player in Wheeling, West Virginia, in the ECHL uh, for the Wheeling Nailers. We had, I think, a player this season spent some time with the um, Kansas City Mavericks, Wichita Thunder. Um, we had a player that actually got acquired by the Rapid City Rush, and they never gave him back. He turned out to have a heck of a season uh, for them, but yeah, they get moved all over the place. A lot of times they'll get moved for a few games, come back. It's, it's a terrific experience for them to get to play at that level. And um, we are uh, we are happy for the opportunity get, but they get, but we're always kind of crossing our fingers to hope they come back and uh, keep helping us out sooner than later. Do they kind of come back a little better players sometimes after a stint in a, a, a little higher league? They definitely can, yeah. Um, a lot of times that's just development that really goes a long way to further their abilities. Uh, sometimes, though, you do see guys that develop habits there, whether it's because of the situation they're put in, or maybe they just go somewhere where they actually don't end up getting to play regularly and they get uh, a little bit out of their rhythm. But it's uh, kind of a mixed bag. But long-term, that experience definitely benefits them. Well, uh, we've been talking about the Quad City Storms with their president, Uh it's uh, been really nice uh, to hear about your your team. Let's talk about next season and uh, when's when's the next time we can see your team and uh, what kind of promotions or specials do you, you have coming up that uh, we might want to put on our calendar. Sure thing. Well, yeah, keep an eye out on our social media channels. We we uh, put a ton of content out. We will have our uh, schedule for next season. I would say sometime. Uh, early July, the latest that that'll be released, so people can start uh, marking off their calendar dates. We have uh, nothing released yet, but we have a full plate of promotions, a lot of new stuff uh, that we are going to be mixing in while keeping some of the fans' favorites. Our, our Hockey Fights Cancer Night, our Salute to Military Night will all be returning. Those are uh, nights that we take a ton of pride in putting on that are very special to a lot of fans in attendance. Um, but lots of new things in the mix this season. We're going to have uh, 
all of that coming out again in the next couple months. So best place to, to stay tuned to get the latest on that. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, and so you, you have a website. So can you repeat that one more time about where they can find your, your team on the uh, social media and their websites and everything? Absolutely, yeah. You can go to our website, quadcitystorm.com. There's a form on that page. You can sign up for our uh, newsletter, all of the bulletin stuff we send out. And then you can uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Quad City Storm on all of those. So is there good hotels and uh, shopping and restaurants and stuff uh, near the stadium? Definitely. Downtown Moline is an awesome spot. We have some terrific hotel partners. Uh, Radisson on John Deere Commons is our official host hotel. They are literally right next to the arena. You don't even have to walk across the street. They are next-door neighbors, and um, they host all our fans, a lot of our visiting players that come in as well. Um, Tons of great restaurants and bars in downtown, uh, great breweries, Bent River, one of my favorites, some awesome restaurants, Lemongrass, um, Four Brothers is a really cool new bar that just opened up down there. Uh, you cannot go wrong. Uh, Central Store, a tremendous spot to check out. They're going to be opening a bar here in uh, a few weeks, I believe. They're also a, a real nice little shop you can stop in for some craft beer. Uh, snacks and all that good stuff. Definitely worth a weekend trip to see the storm, catch some games, spend the night, and uh, see all the downtown Moline has to offer. Well, that does sound really, really good. You know, uh, a lot of the, the hockey, I'm told, uh, is in, uh, they were built, you know, say 30 or 40 years ago, and maybe uh, some of the amenities have kind of moved away from there, and maybe they're not always in the nicest or safest places. But to hear that, you know, you got uh, hotels right across the street and a plethora of bars and restaurants and shopping and uh, what a great experience it is. Do you, do you have a lot of people that travel, you know, distances to come see you? Oh, we definitely do. We've got a fan that comes to mind, travels from Missouri every game to come watch us. And, um, the, the passion of our fans is, is pretty tough to match. They come from all over. Um, of course, plenty of them here in the Quad Cities on both the Illinois and Iowa side of the river. But, they, uh, yeah, they log some miles. Like I mentioned, we have a lot of fans that go to our road games. Um, down to Fayetteville, we had some travel with us. That's about a 15-hour drive. And, um, they they put in the miles to support this team. How many teams – what, what is the league that you're in and how many teams are they, you know, that, that you would generally play? Sure, we're, we're in the SPHL, uh, which is the Southern Professional Hockey League. It is, uh, I tell people, it's basically the single A ball equivalent. I kind of consider for hockey, you know, the ECHL to be double A, the AHL to be triple A, uh, and the NHL, of course, to be the professional league. We're like single A ball. Uh, we've got 11 teams in our league up uh, here around us. We've got the Peoria Rivermen, uh, Vermilion County Bobcats, the Evansville Thunderbolts in Indiana. And then uh, further out east, you got the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs, the Fayetteville Marksmen uh, out of North Carolina, and then down south, two Alabama teams, the Huntsville Havoc, Birmingham Bulls, uh, Tennessee. They got a team in Knoxville, the Ice Bears, and Macon, Georgia has a team, and uh, the Pensacola Ice Flyers are our southernmost team down in Florida. Well, that's a pretty big league, and uh, 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 sounds like it uh, mixes up pretty good. So, so who are some of the talent? 
some of the most talented maybe players that you had or maybe players in the league that you guys played against that we may see uh, up in uh, some higher levels next year? Sure. Well, uh, you guys, I mentioned, as far as guys you might see next year, um, I'll kind of start with our college kids. I'm hoping that you don't see them too much because I like having them on our team. But we had a couple guys, uh, Logan Nelson and Ben Dupero, who uh, finished their college careers late in our season, came on with about 10 games left, each averaged about a point per game, and uh, carried that average on through the playoffs. They were a couple of real talented forwards. Um, we might have the best goaltender in the league as well, and Bailey Burke, and guy who got uh, – a lot of call-ups this season. I was mentioning some of the ECHL teams. He played, I believe, some in Wichita. Also made his way down to Orlando uh, with the Solar Bears for a while. Um, our, our other goalie as well, Kevin Reesop, uh, another guy that will probably be getting some looks up at the ECHL, I think, next season. Um, and then we have a few guys. Um, actually, one guy we're going to be missing a lot. I believe he will be retiring this season. It's not official. In fact, I probably shouldn't even uh, mention his name just in case he doesn't want me to do that yet. But um, those are some guys to keep an eye out for that could be uh, making some appearances up in, in uh, Iowa City or elsewhere. Uh, any other players in the league that uh, were outstanding that you can think of? Or? Oh, man, well, I don't like to give them any credit, but uh, Peoria, their captain has always been a thorn in our side. Alec Hageman is a pretty darn good player. They've also got uh, – and it's Alex Bayer, a uh, young player who is real strong. Um, Huntsville's got a ton of guys down there that they've had for a while. They've got a good core. Uh, Tyler Piacentini's a smaller guy, but super quick and skilled. Um, over in Fayetteville, the team we saw in the first round of the playoffs, um, they got a guy, and I always get him and his brother. Uh, mixed up. Kyle Moore is his brother who played with us for a while. His name is Brian Moore, I do believe. Uh, tough guy, also scores a bunch of goals. No fun to play against, um, but very talented. Um, those are uh, a few guys in our league who are some of the, the top dogs that we see pretty regularly. Well, we just got a few minutes left. Is there anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to talk about? Oh, I like we mentioned, I think uh, it's worth making a trip. If you haven't, come to the Quad Cities. Get uh, a couple nights stay at the Radisson on John Deere Commons. Get some tickets to see the storm. Our tickets start at 12 bucks, And it is uh, as fun a family entertainment as you'll be able to find, especially, like you said, in those months where it's no good to be outside. Come into the Tax Player Center and cheer on the storm. Well, thanks a lot. It's been great talking to you. This is Round Guy Radio with news you can use that don't give you the blues. Uh, thanks for being with us, Brian. Thank you very much. Go Storm.